0: Welcome to the old school meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. We will be holding this meeting via Zoom for the foreseeable future. If you'd like to attend the meeting live, go to .org for login information. And now, our speaker. Renee R. I'm sitting in a uh, villa in Vail, Colorado. My husband is in, it's a one bedroom and I'm in the bedroom because my husband is in the living room where we both were in a um, small group that we participate in that I left early and he's still participating in that. So I get the bedroom, um, which is fine for me actually. Um, And so in case you're wondering (laughs) why I'm sitting here, um, anyway, um, And um, I did not want to come to Overeaters Anonymous when I came. I was mad um, when I came here. Um, Becoming a compulsive eater was not the plan for my life. I was about 40 to 45 pounds more um, than I weigh now. Um, Well, my goal weight. I've had um, um, some medical issues that have changed my weight, um, lowered it, actually. Um, But I was 17 when I went to my first OA meeting. And I got abstinent when I was 18, um, which was March 27, 1978. Um, And just to tell you what it was like was that I um, grew up um, in a very alone environment. I have one sister. um, My dad was um, bipolar when I was born. My mother started drinking alcoholically when I was in her womb. Um, and she's a narcissist, as is my sister. So, um, my dad was in the depressed mode most of my childhood, up till I was ten. <clears throat> and um, so I was really alone, and I made a decision that I could trust nobody that I had to handle it. And until I came here, I was, this is what managed my life. And um you can imagine it didn't go very well because, um as a child that young that I didn't know very much, not to mention, I now know. As I've grown spiritually in this program, that um, I don't know everything and I don't know what's best for me. And I don't know what's best for anybody. And um, that's one of the things I've learned by <clears throat> working the 12 steps. And, but I, everything had to be up to me because I knew that they were um, incompetent. They were. And, um, but it set it predisposed me to some emotional problems and but that is not why i compulsively overeat and i don't compulsively overeat because i have problems with because i have feelings i compulsively overeat because i have a disease and i was so relieved um i got abstinent when i was i was at uc santa cruz going to school and i i was so relieved to, there was only three um uh oa meetings a week so i went to a lot of aa meetings and um, they talk about that. It's an illness and I'm, I'm so grateful to know that because I don't overeat cause I'm bad and I don't overeat because I'm emotional or because, um, I'm scared or even though all those things are true, the belief that I am bad. I've, um, cause I've had to work with my shame and, um, work to heal that cause it's not true. It's just a message. Um, and, um, but, um, I have a a disease and what the big book tells me is that um, I can abstain if I follow the directions. And um, I don't know why I, somebody asked me um, that's in AA recently, why has abstinence worked for you? Um, And there's a few reasons which I'll share with you. And um, just just to briefly talk more about what it was like was that I, I also have clinical depression. And so I just was, um the always wanting to overeat. And I went briefly to Alatine because my mom got sober, but I ate a whole pack of cookies on the way home. And so that wasn't quite effective. Um it kept me out of trouble though, and out of worse trouble. And um and I um the I just was very lonely and I didn't know. I didn't know that I didn't know what was going on with me. And um, very, um, very much thinking that I had everything um, in control and in order. Um, I've always been a, a strong student, and so I was. Everything in my life was very manageable um, when I came um, to OA, except I went. <laughs> except for the fact that I was a freshman in college living in the dorms and I felt like I needed to get away, which is not normal when you're a freshman and, or typical, I should say. And, uh, cause I don't know what normal is. And, um, and so I went away. So one of the gals in the dorms said I could stay in her dad's place when he wasn't there. So I went up there and I, I went down to Fisherman's Wharf and, um, I said, oh, which place should I go eat? And I said, this one. And then after I ate there, now this is my best thinking when I had decided that this was gonna manage my life. And I said, well, I'll go and eat here. And then after I ate there at a full, full meal at the restaurant sit down, I said, hmm, well, you know, it's a treat to be here, Fisherman's Wharf. And so I'll go and eat this place too, go get another meal. And then I said, okay, all of the food that I got to cook for myself, you know, the student budget, I won't eat that tonight. And so then I walked past the cookie company on the way home and I said, nope, not gonna have it. I already ate. And then all of a sudden I came up with some other reason to turn around and go back to the cookie company. And then um, I eat all those up and then I'm not gonna eat the food that I bought for, you know, the eggs, the diet It was every weekend. I was going to diet i was going to control my food i was going to find a way to do that and chapter three in the big book of aa describes me to a t the whole big book (laughs) describes me but chapter three describes what i did with food and and so it was always when i went away so that weekend was going to be one more time i was going to control my food and i bought all the diet foods and so i ended up eating them all um even though i said i wasn't and i i had Grace in, in and um, came into my life that weekend, um, and I always cry because, um, for if it weren't for that, I don't know that I would be abstinent because I saw my lack of control, and that was the gift, and um, and it freaked me out because my, the my modus operandi was control. Um, of the unmanageable life that I'd had um, in my family. And I was terrified that I had no control. So I came to OA to get control (laughs) of my food. And you guys told me that, no, I don't have control. And, um, but you told me that if I followed what it said in the big book, that um, rarely do we fail unless we have a mental or emotional disorder. And I had been to a lot of AA meetings and, I, I, and speaker meetings and conventions. So I kept hearing that it worked. And so I believed it a before I got abstinent because I, I got abstinent and then I ate off and on for four and a half months until um, I really reached a point. I was 18 years old and I said, okay. Um, and I'd already had that grace enter my life with, with that awareness, but I re- realized, you know what? I'm either going to go through the hell of abstinence um or i'm going to go through live the rest of my life with the hell of overeating and it was really one of those choices and i i, and I don't know what happened but i came in that was gray sheet and you follow gray sheet or you don't abstinent or not it was kind of the choice and i'm grateful for that it was very simple and um and i just Follow directions. I was sixteen. Went to the doctor. The doctor told me what to do. I didn't do it, because I knew it all. And um, so, for the first time in my life, I followed directions and I did what my sponsors told me to. And um, and then I came down to L.A. in the summer and got to meet everybody in L.A. and get to know everybody down here, and um, which is awesome. And and um, I um, just started working the steps, and I um, I really had gotten that i was powerless but i didn't see for a long time that my life was unmanageable by me i i really thought that i could like i said use the program to manage my life and um it took me a while to realize that my life is unmanageable by me and it still is it's i it, it still is i'm not able to um, figure out what's best for me. I can't control my re I mean, I'm powerless over my reactions to things. And, um, and when they told me to find like in step two, they told me we'll find a higher power, something bigger than you. I'm like, Oh, poof, I can't trust anything bigger than me. Anything bigger than me has failed me my whole life. And, and they said, well, um, just pray, you know, pray that the truth will be revealed to you. Pray that, um, for some a definition you know when i did that and then i just kept marching and um and then with step 3 i don't really remember working step 3 but obviously i did because the sponsor wouldn't have let me keep going um and i honestly step 3 in the beginning for me was the food plan meetings and my sponsor but it was something outside of this and um and so that was that worked it worked because I was listening to something bigger than me and something outside of me. And, um, and then I, you know, did the fourth writing um, and I actually did my fourth step um, in Santa Cruz and I would mail it to my sponsor in LA because that summer that I went down to Santa to LA from Santa Cruz, I um, met a sponsor and worked with her for my steps and, and I mailed it to her from Santa Cruz. And we kind of, um, did it that way and um and um when I got to the end of the ninth step I the promises started coming true and, and uh one day I was sharing at a meeting, you know, just you know a pitch three minutes or something and all of a sudden um the promise, the first promise came true because I felt so different my whole life. And and of course, if I felt that way, it was the truth because anything within me was the truth. Um, and so I knew that it was the truth. And and um, even though you guys told me you felt that way, I was still, I felt different, so that's the truth. And, um, and so when I shared at that meeting that day, um, I realized that uh, we will suddenly realize that, a power greater than us, that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves, and and um, and and some of the other promises where I felt, you know, I um, I'm, I'm blanking. I have memory stuff, so I'm blanking out with the other ones. But I realized that I wasn't alone, and that I was one of you, and that what I was sharing. Um, such a it's so amazing because the OA did for me what I was completely incapable of doing and the thing that I thought was the worst thing that could happen to me which is being compulsive being a compulsive overeater was is turned out to be the best thing um, and um, well Overeaters is anonymous um, and um, and the grace and the grace of willingness. And to this day, um, something I'm going through now, you know, that I feel, um, unwilling about, or just kind of dragging my heels on, I pray for willingness. And, um, I always, whenever I'm, um, struggling, I just pray for willingness. And then I pray for the willingness to be willing. And I, um, because I really believe what it says in the program and I've heard so many speakers, I heard an AA speaker say that, that um, he didn't completely work his sixth step and he went out and got drunk. And I've learned to learn. Um, and uh, my, one of my first sponsors said to me, cause I would have a food sponsor and a step sponsor and, um, and, um, and my staff sponsor said to me that humility means to be teachable. And I, I, I really check that on myself. Am I being teachable? And, and being teachable to somebody I wanna learn from too. Um, but am I being teachable or am I back to my know-it-all? Because you know it's easy for me to revert to this when I get scared or when I get um, hurt um and i'm very sensitive to rejection because of my childhood so when that happens i um that can happen and so i have to you know I, and that's one of the gifts of inventory is that i've really learned what who i am and who my issues are but the flip side of that is that i've really learned uh um, all the great things about me and um and as a result of OA um, and the program, I grew up. I um, finished my bachelor's degree. I went and got a master's degree and uh, met my husband at work, <laughs> um, which I showed up at, at my, um, and it was an engineer, he was aircraft at the time. And I'm like, I had this intuitive feeling. Well, I'm gonna meet my husband here. I was like, you gotta be kidding me they all walk on it well anyway i don't want to say anything negative but um and i met my husband there so um and um i just i i, I became a parent i became a step-parent first of, a, of two kids whose mom had died and i i'm like well how do i do this this is crazy um and away taught me how you know give them what you've been given and um which the biggest thing is acceptance <clears throat> The biggest tool is acceptance and um and three minutes. Thank you so much. Um and um and then I had my two um biological kids and um and um mm, ah, because um my firstborn has Asperger's um and um because of the clarity of abstinence um and because of learning to trust my intuition that's been a process but it talks about that in the 11th um, step it talks about we learn to rely on our, our intuition and it you know we make you know we start doing it we make mistakes but we find that as we learn more and more to rely on that we really can um and because of that and growing in that area um i the psychiatrist for my son missed it and i I was led to it um, because of praying the 11th step. Um, and my son today just called us um, and informed, I mean, this is a kid that we didn't think would be able to go to college um, and he's a brilliant boy. Um, he just called us um, and told us that he got a fellowship. He's getting his PhD at an excellent engineering school. And he he's, um, He he um, got a fellowship from all the different national labs, um, like LANL and all those, and it's absolutely a miracle. And I was his advocate, and he know. I mean, his when he got his bachelor's, he gave a little talk about um, he wouldn't be there without me, and and it was all because of abstinence. It really was because um, and because I had enough self-esteem to stand up to these doctors and say no. You know, and and I had enough whatever it, courage to homeschool him for two years, and and um, I, I don't know. You know, I I I'm, I get speechless when um, um, I'm grateful because um, I I feel like that song and that um, what can I say? You've given me crayons to perfume. I've I've developed. I thought things were going really well and I was having success in all these areas of my life and speaking. And then, and then I was getting, I got, OA gave me my body back and I got really athletic, hundred mile bike rides and all this stuff. And, uh, and then they told me I had a blood cancer and I broke 18 bones. And um, I now live with a lot of chronic pain. Um, I had a bone marrow transplant, abstinent, abstinent, abstinent. Um and I lost 10 pounds and then I found a way to gain 10 pounds. Uh, and not I didn't find a way I <laughs> uh, um, through OA and through, you know, guidance, um, but it was all abstinent. Um, and um, I had all my pregnancies abstinent and I just, it's, you know, that big book says, rarely have we had a person fail who thoroughly follows our path. And and um, I sat in a restaurant when I was a year and a half abstinent I went to Europe and I was in a restaurant by myself and almost had gotten raped. And, um, uh, and I felt like overeating my plate of food. And I prayed the serenity prayer. Nobody was there. There was no phone calls. There was no cell phones back in, what was that 1980 or something. And I said the serenity prayer and my desire to overeat went away and I pushed the rest of the food, which wasn't part of what I was supposed to eat that day away. And um, I just know that um, the program really works if I work it. And um, you know, I, I make calls when I need to, you sit on your hands if you don't, uh, so I don't eat. And away is the only place that told me about the lack of power, every other diet program deals with how you eat or behavior around your eating, but oh, Fine. thank you. My problem, which is the lack of power. Um, that's it. Thank you so much. Oh, and I just celebrated 43 years of abstinence. If anybody did the math. <laughs>